All right, here we are. Episode 11. 10. 10. 10? Episode 10. Man, I'm always one ahead. Um, Always one ahead. All right. No theme theme music still. No theme music uh, other than my car turning on just now. Uh, (laughs) I'm Al at home. You are Matt at home. This is the Mavs podcast. Uh, let's see. We had another big win the other night. The Mavs uh, do not disappoint when they are on. No, it's really they've. It's unusual, but they've uh, they've gone three and three over their last six, and that's the that includes a twenty five point win over the Bulls, a thirty one point loss to the Kings, and then a twenty point win over the Nuggets the other night. So. Uh, a lot of highs and lows with this team. <laughs> Absolutely, it's uh, it, it it always leaves me with this feeling. Like I felt after the uh, the big and shocking win over the Nuggets, I was just kind of like, "Gosh, we we uh, when we get Dirk and Berea back, you know, are we going to be too good?" <laughs> yeah, and that's, you know, we talked about it a little bit last week, how the Mavericks have played the toughest schedule in the NBA to start the year. The schedule's starting to soften up, so you're getting teams through here like, uh, you know, I mean, the Nuggets the other night, the Pistons are okay, they're in town tonight, I mean, but but not great. Um, but, yeah, once we get healthy and if some of these guys start feeling a little more comfortable, yeah, I think... I, I still don't think we're a playoff team. I think that's probably that ship has sailed, but we could start to inch our way up. We're only like a game and a half out of like the ninth spot in the West or something. Like, it's not going to take much for yeah. us to jump up uh, quite a few notches, and then you're kind of in the middle of a lottery when you're talking about draft position. That's true, and and you know we've mentioned uh, we've mentioned several times on this podcast how this year. Is fun for Mavs fans, despite the losing, because uh, there's really nothing on the line, and it just takes the pressure off of uh, really, you know, trying to be anything. And then we could just focus on the development of the players. And so uh, this brings me to my first point this week, a reoccurring topic as of late. But Wes Matthews continues to be on a complete tear, and uh, at this point, I think he's pushing like three weeks of. Outside of that that game in Charlotte, where it was one for eleven, but we're now pushing three weeks of just really, you know, legitimate number two score type play. And um, long term, I don't see him as a number two score on this team. But are we starting to look at the future now and say, okay, we've got Barnes and we have Matthews? Because a month ago. I would have traded him for two second round picks, maybe even one, just to get the contract off the books. And now right. I'm like, now I'm like, okay, we've got two solid pieces to build around. So, what's your take on that? Yeah, I completely agree. I think this is kind of what they envisioned West West Matthews becoming when they signed him to that contract. You know, it's yeah. kind of unusual. He didn't get the max at first, and then DeAndre Jordan went back to the Clippers, and they maxed him out. And coming off an Achilles injury, there were a ton of questions. And I think throughout last year, it was kind of, he's okay, but will he ever be the same? What are we paying for exactly? And I think 
think you and I had some of those doubts and conversations, you know, just earlier this season, but yeah, he's scoring almost 20 points a game lately and just shooting the ball. I mean, so well from the outside and, and yeah. not just open looks, but, and this was something we thought, we thought when he, when he got some more open looks with, with Berea and Dirk healthy, maybe he'd be better, but he's starting to just go off the dribble and, and ride up over people and knocking these shots down. So it's really, yeah. really been an impressive run. No, I agree. And then the more I think about it, you know, uh, the Locked on Maverick podcast pointed out that you might still want to consider trading him because by the time you get good again, he's going to be old and maybe not so good anymore. But where I differ on that, I happened to watch a good bit of the uh, Bulls and Timberwolves last night. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the Timberwolves, for all their talent, like we would trade rosters with them in a second, but they're, they pretty much have the same record we do. And you really realize how much culture and veteran presence matters in the development of players. And... I'm I'm kind of unless we got probably a mid first rounder for him, I'm on the side of the fence now where it's like Wes Matthews is a culture guy that's that's actually gonna help the rebuild even if he's not good when we're in, you know, championship contention again. I'm I almost feel like it he'd help in other ways, you know? I I would agree and that's something you know, one of the things since the Mavericks won the championship, every year they've turned over this roster significantly, but they've still had some degree of success with the sort of mismatch of players they brought in. And and the overriding factor there was that Dirk was such a great presence in the locker room and could kind of get people in line a little bit. He's not a real vocal guy, but everyone sort of followed his example. And with Dirk at the tail end of his career, I think Wes Matthews, because that's one thing we've never questioned. We've certainly questioned his ability, but I think we both like having Wes Matthews on the team. Yeah. And I think, yeah. and I think you're right, is that down the line, yeah, if you have a couple, yeah, it's great to have younger guys in here, but you need someone who's going to kind of, you know, get them in line and, and kind of teach them how to be professional basketball players. Yeah, I mean, Cole Aldridge is their oldest player on the T-Wolves, and if I just tell you that, it would, you know, right <laughs> away, you're like, oh, that's why they're struggling. Like, guys, I've only watched, like, a game and a half of those guys this year, and I'm like, that's got to be why they're struggling. It's just a bunch of young guys. And so, um, Well, and you saw in, in Oklahoma City, you know, they had – it's crazy to think about <laughs> Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook on the same team. Yeah. And the best they did was, you know, losing five in the finals. And, yeah, I mean, but a lot of that was, hey, those are our three best guys, and they're all really, really young. Mm-hmm. And there was yeah. no veteran there to kind of, you know, get them on the same page or, you know, just sort of make a difference with that group. You know, you think yeah. back to the Orlando Magic in the mid-'90s. Like, when they got really good is when they brought in a guy like Horace Grant. They kind of overpaid yeah. for Horace Grant, and, and then they're in the finals. Oh, and it makes point. a huge difference. Yeah, and that, it also leads me to my second point, which I believe is your second point, too, is uh, how he has influenced Dorian Finney-Smith. And uh, he talked about it briefly post-game against Denver last night or two nights ago, 
and how he just, uh, you know, related with them being undrafted, being defensive-minded, and took them under his wing early. And, man, I mean, hey, kudos to Donnie. We always want to knock Donnie for not drafting well, but uh, he he found them, you know, and they've developed them. And he looks like he looks like a legit NBA player for 10 years, you know. Yeah, and if he starts tonight, this is a fun fact, he, if he starts tonight, he will set a Mavericks record for most starts by uh, an undrafted free agent in their rookie season. Wow. Surpassing surpassing Marquise Daniels, one of your all-time favorites. I love Marquise. But, the, uh, yeah, I think Locked On shared yesterday how I think he's playing the fourth most minutes of all rookies. Um, I think oh. he would definitely. He would definitely be drafted, I think, early second now, uh, late first, if he was, if we redrafted, you know. So, really. Yeah, nice in the last up. couple games, his offensive game's starting to come together. He's had 12 and 13 points the last couple games. And you're not looking for a ton of offense from him, but he's shown he can knock down threes. He's, he's an athletic guy. Um, and he's a great defensive presence. And for 20 games into a rookie season, it, it's got to get you really excited about kind of having him on the, the roster because I've heard so many people, you know, list off this, you know, uh, like, like a guy like Wes Matthews or Jimmy Butler, all these second round or undrafted guys, Chandler Parsons, another yeah. guy, second rounder who have developed into really good NBA players and, and people were really down on the Mavs. You know, I hate the, we could have drafted all those guys argument because, you know, technically every team in the league, including the teams that drafted them, passed on them once yeah, <laughs> before picking true. them up in the second round or, or is undrafted. So they couldn't have been that good. But, um, yeah, this, this could be kind of our really nice find that we end up keeping on the roster long term, which would be, yeah, I mean, would be he, nice. He is already like everything we wished Justin Anderson would be. You know, his, his shot, his form on his shot is beautiful. You know, like when Justin Anderson shoots it, he's got that little slingshot shot. Yeah. And you have no idea where he's releasing it from. You have no idea. It, it, it can go over the backboard or it could swish. You know, you have, you just have no idea because he kind of catapults the, the form a little bit. But like, Finney Smith's form is great. And, yeah. um, you know, people forget he was a leading scorer on his team at Florida. So he can score good form and great defense. I mean, I've seen him just, he, I guess he, he doesn't really emote very much. So you really don't know what he's thinking or feeling, but he doesn't look intimidated at all when he's having to guard whoever it is, Kawhi Leonard, you know, Kevin Durant, whoever. And I'm not saying he can do it as much as we talk about self-esteem a lot. And, you know, you look at Justin Anderson and Dwight Powell, and it takes nothing for them to think like they're a pile of mud. And this guy... This guy just goes at it every day. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was surprised when he got the start, and uh, but Me I've too. been really impressed yeah. um, with what he's done. But he is a – and this kind of falls in line with college guys who've had success with the Mavericks, and he's a four-year college player. Yeah. 
And it's going to be really interesting if the Mavericks end up with a top three, top five pick next season and get one of these sort of one-and-done guys. I don't think the Mavericks have had somebody like that that they've sort of brought in and really developed. Um, yeah. So that's going to yeah. be an interesting situation next season because, yeah, in recent years, I mean, Josh Howard was an all-star, you know, when he was here. Yeah. And, I mean, it didn't end well, but he, he certainly had some good times here. And yeah. that was a four-year college guy. And now Finney Smith, uh, Justin Anderson, four-year college guy. Yeah. So that's yeah. It's something I think the Mavericks really like. I think Carlisle probably prefers it, but from a talent standpoint, it's going to be hard to pass on some of these one-and-done guys in the draft next year. So that, that'll that be an interesting dynamic, I think, next season. No, I agree. And getting back to Justin Anderson, uh, my hope is Finney Smith kind of validates to him what it seems like Carlisle's telling him, which is just keep it simple. You know, play really good defense. And just take the shots that come to you. And, I mean, I feel like that's all Finney Smith's focus is on. And um, you see Justin Anderson out there now, and he looks like a deer in headlights, like not knowing what to do, so unsure of himself. And uh, he really just needs to develop a two-foot stop, a la, you know, George Poulin. Because uh, <laughs> he... You know, when he came in the game the other night, he got, like, two offensive fouls right away. Like, he's literally built like LeBron James. Like, he is so big. Uh, Yeah. He just – he doesn't know when to stop in the lane. If he could stop in the lane, up and under, pump fake, something, he'd really be unstoppable because he's got a good first step when he gets in the lane, you know. Um, But he gets an offensive foul and he just loses all confidence. (laughs) And he's like, well, yeah, he hasn't quite figured out what to do when he's in the lane. It's yeah. almost like he's gotten his shot blocked too many times, although I don't remember his shot getting blocked that many times. But now it's like this, uh-oh, like he's, he's too close and there's some sort of force field. It's, uh, it's very bizarre. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just relying on his athleticism his whole life. Yeah. And so yeah. he takes that first step, and then he's, like, dunking, you know. And now it's just it's just not the case. And so I, I want to make it clear. I still have great hope for Justin Anderson. And when you think now the future, okay, if we're calling Barnes and Matthews starters, at worst we're calling Finney Smith and Anderson uh, just bench three and D players. Um, you've already got four solid pieces to, you know, an eight man rotation right there that, that I feel pretty good about. You know, good athletes, good workers, good attitudes, uh, good building blocks. Yeah, I agree. It's really, it, it'll really come down to as the Mavericks develop, if it's one of those four guys and, you know, probably Harrison Barnes of the four or somebody else that's not on this roster right now that kind of becomes that go-to superstar kind of clutch guy that they can sort of ride in big games. Because I think that's something that – and it'll be interesting. As the Mavs get more competitive this season, you know, when Dirk comes back and Berea and everyone, and they're playing, you know, closer games, what does that, you know, clutch lineup look like? What do those plays look like? Are we still just going to Dirk just because – we know he'll get a shot off and he can still hit shots, or will they start to 
transition a little bit and, and put Barnes in those situations. Yeah. I'm hoping we see more competitive games and we can see Barnes in those situations more uh, to see how he does down the stretch and see if he can emerge as, as that go-to guy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, essentially, any way you slice it, we're going to need a new center and a new, uh, like, superstars at center at point guard, starters at center at point guard to really rebuild. And so the likelihood in this draft that we take a point guard is pretty strong. And so, uh, you know, after that, it's just finding a really dynamic center, you know. So you're not sold on Salah Mejri being that dynamic center? Mm-hmm. I have I have tremendous love for Salah. I, uh, he was White, amazing against Denver. I love him as an energy guy. You know, I, I don't know if he could, you know, you compare him to like a Nerland's Noel. I'd rather have Noel, of course. But right. um, the fact that Salah, is he 29? Uh, he's like, yeah, he's he's up there. He's late yeah. 20s, I think. So I think like, I love, I hope we keep Salah. And I'd like to see him on this team long term. I just don't know if, uh, you know, I just don't know if he's going to get that much better. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He, you see him, I think he put up a three in one game earlier this year. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think he's got a pretty good skill set. But, yeah, I don't know if he be, ever becomes a legitimate starting center in the NBA. Yeah. yeah. Nobody I want to build around. But uh, yeah. I love him. Um, and then let's see. Talked about Denny Smith. Talked about West. Uh, well, I've got I've got another point. I've got a thought on Darren Darren Williams. Darren Williams. Okay. Uh, and this is not about his hair. Okay. Although I know is, I know that is, was a no pun intended, but I, it's kind of growing on me. I kind of like it now. I think it looks all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, my my issue with Darren Williams. I, I started thinking about this recently. Okay, he's a point guard. He's kind of, for the better part of his career, not now, he was considered sort of an elite or superstar point guard. Yeah. But uh, the more I thought about it, the more I've watched him on this team, does he really make anyone better? Mm. Yeah, I. Uh, that's, a, that's a legitimate question. You know, I, I wonder, you know, I think it was earlier this year, he was playing a little bit off the ball. And uh, I kind of liked it. <laughs> I was going to say, he, he's a good scorer. He yeah. can definitely score the basketball. And he's had some big assist games recently, but I wonder how much of that is a function of just he's got the ball in his hands to start the offense versus, you know, just more on volume than it is like hyper-efficiency and, wow, he found the open man or, or whatever, you know. Like, I, I don't see him – and maybe, and the more I thought about it, the more I was like, maybe throughout his career this has been the case. Like, he can definitely score, so he puts up numbers. Yeah. He can't really take him out of the game, so he's in there a lot, and he's got the ball in his hands, so he's going to put up some pretty good assist numbers as well. But has his, have his teams ever really excelled with him at the point? No, not really. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think that's that's where, you know, you think about Utah traded him kind of prematurely. People were a little surprised by that. He stays in Brooklyn. They they don't really go anywhere, and they finally just buy out his contract for him to go away. 
and he's been fine since he's been here, and I think he's even won us a couple games, but the games he's won for us have been on the strength of his scoring. Like, mm-hmm. I've never walked away from a game with Darren Williams playing and said, man, oh, the, he made this play or he made that play or he found this guy. Like, the way you used to talk about Jason Kidd, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my um, hope, I was watching him the other night, and uh, I really do like him as a scorer. And I, there was a little chatter because he's on an expiring contract, like, oh, you know, maybe a team like Memphis or somebody would, would try to trade for him. Um I, I don't think we're going to get much from I, I think a second-round pick would be all we get. Um, and I wonder, you know, here's a guy that's made about $100 million. He's in his hometown. He's, it's been validated to him, I think, by now, that his body is just legitimately broken down, like for break, breaking down, breaking down. Right. So if I'm Darren Williams after this season – I would, I wouldn't want to move. You know, I'm, I've got my kids. I'm in my hometown. I'm happy. I wonder if he would be open to like a really low ball contract, like three years, eighteen million, something like that. And he's just our sixth. He's our sixth man. You know, because I think he's great for twenty minutes a game to come in like a gunner, and just he could put up a lot of points in a short amount of time if he's given the green light, you know? Well, yeah, I when Vince Carter was here, I, I love yeah. the role that Vince Carter played on this team, which was, you know, he started sometimes or he came off the bench, but he was always good for some points. Again, not at the level he used to score at, but he could fill it up on some nights. And, oh, yeah. yeah, I agree. I, I would love to have Darren Williams in that role, and I think if we had a – Younger point guard in here next year. I think that would be that would be perfect for him. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, there's a there, the more you look at the team, the more I I feel like we're a little bit like the Celtics, where we actually have a lot of good pieces except the superstar we need to contend. And um, honestly, like I don't really even like a lot of the Celtics pieces. You know, I everybody makes a big deal about how many draft picks they have. I don't think they've drafted well. I don't even think they have a very – they don't have a complete team. They have a great coach that does well with the pieces, but they don't have really defined pieces at any position. Like, I don't think Jay Crowder is a, a, a championship power starting power forward. You know what I mean? I don't think – Oh, I yeah. I, I agree, and I think the Celtics know that. Yeah. I think they know they're kind of getting by, and they've got some – Again, like you said, a lot of good pieces, but that's why they made a big push last year to get Kevin Durant, and they ended up with Al Horford. And, and Horford's really good, but is he that guy that is going to lead you to a championship? I, I think they still feel like they're one piece away, maybe two pieces from really breaking through. And, I mean, yeah, I, I, there's a big gap between them and Cleveland in the East. Yeah, I, I they don't have one star on that team at all. Like I, I take Harrison Barnes over anybody on that team. You know. Yeah. And um, they could have had him. They could have gone after him. They didn't. So, I mean, when you start looking at the rebuilding team, I don't think the Mavs are so poorly positioned. You know, and uh, yeah. So I. 
I guess I like where we're at. <laughs> well, yeah, it's funny to say that with as, as bad as the, the season has gone at times, but you're right. I mean, it's what we've always said. We want to see these, these guys develop and guys getting better, and that's, that's what you're seeing if you're a Mavericks fan. You know, even, even Seth Curry, I think, the other night kind of came out of his shooting slump a little bit and shot the ball yeah. a little better. And who knows what he's going to be like long-term here, but, you know, it's just fun to see these younger guys doing it and not, I mean, again, I enjoyed when Vince Carter was here, but it was also mildly depressing to look out there and you see five guys who are 30 years old and I you totally know you're agree. not good enough to win a championship and you're kind of just hanging around in games. You just, you've just got a pretty good NBA team. At least oh, now yeah. it's like, all right, we're not that good, but Hey, did you see what this guy did the other night? All right, yeah, let's see what he can do down yeah, the line. Yeah, I agree. That's a little more fun. At this it's point. a lot more fun. I mean, if we won the other night with Aaron Aflalo and like Kevin Martin in our backcourt, I would just right. be like, I just, I would, I would be mad at myself for watching it. You know, <laughs> I'd be like, it's such a waste of time. You know? Yeah. And totally so, agree. I, I, I agree with you. Like, just seeing the young players develop. Because even if some get traded or moved for any reason, uh, you, you just have a better pulse of their value, their ceiling, and whatnot. And um, you're looking at the bigger picture of just building a, a new championship team. So, Agreed. there you have it. All right, so what uh, does the schedule look like this week? Do we know? So we the Mavericks are, I am looking at tonight. Yeah, tonight the Pistons, Friday night they are in Utah, which will be a tough one. Uh, Sunday, they got a rematch at home against the Kings. And then wow. next Monday, they go at Denver. So, wow. Yeah. Easy, some winnable games. Go two and two and, or 0 oh and four, just like every week. <laughs> <laughs> Which but, is what uh, you get with a younger team. Yeah. But I guess we're going to be looking out to see uh, if Dwight Powell will ever learn how to play defense. If uh, Wes Matthews continues his hot streak, and if Justin Anderson learns a two foot stop, so they, uh, <laughs> things to be answered next week. Yeah, stay tuned. Um, all right, that's all I got. You got anything? Nope, nope. Think we're good. All right, until next week. I'm Alf at home. You are Matt at home. And feel free to uh, let's see, write an email or uh, tweet us at the Mavs at the Mavs Podcast or what's our email address? Is it Mavs Podcast at gmail.com. There you go. All right. I'll talk to you next week. All right. See you. All right. Take care.